Welcome brides and bridal biz besties to the Pick a Seat, Not a Side podcast, where we unravel the secrets to a bride's dream wedding experience and empower makeup artists and hairstylists to take their businesses to the next level. I'm your host, Patrice Williams, and not too long ago, I went from being a stressed out, overworked, and underpaid assistant director in higher education to being the owner of a thriving, multiple six-figure bridal beauty business. I'm here to share the lessons that I've learned and the wisdom that I've gained working with both brides and freelancers from lots of trial and error, mistakes, losses, but also a good deal of wins. So I'm so grateful that you've tuned in to the Pick a Seat, Not a Side podcast, where we are covering all things bridal and beauty. So grab a snack and pick a seat, but not a side. Welcome back to another episode of Pick a Seat, Not a Side. I am so excited to finally be talking to my people, other hair and makeup artists. This episode is going to be dedicated specifically to you. And I am super pumped to share five things that you can do, five things that I have done to grow your business very fast. Now, when I reference growing your business, I'm definitely referencing, referencing, excuse me, both the amount of clients that you're bringing in and the income that you're bringing in. Ultimately, your final numbers are going to be up to you. I can definitely entertain a pricing conversation in another episode, but these are things based on where you're at that you can implement in your business in order to grow. And before we start the episode, I just want to make sure that I'm very clear about two things. The first thing is just because your business is pulling in six figures, that does not necessarily mean that you as the business owner are going to be pulling in six figures. I am the first to admit and raise my hand, child, I am not. I'm very proud of the amount that I make. I'm very proud of what I am able to do based on what the business pays me. However, I want to get rid of this notion that that a six-figure business always has to mean that the owner is pocketing six figures. When you're first growing and when you're first scaling, it does not necessarily have to be the case. Second thing that I want to make sure that I'm very clear about is that money in your business is not everything. Trust me. Because I grew the business dangerously fast in 2021, especially from 2021 to 2022, more money coming into the business also meant that the door was open to more problems coming into the business. And in later episodes, I'll really expose a lot of the mistakes, speed bumps, hurdles, heartbreaks, all of those things that I've went through. Um, but I, I say all that because I don't want anyone to be clouded by this perception that when you make more money, things get easier. And the only thing that you should be striving for is making more money. No, I'm going to tell you right now, yes, building income in your business is very important because otherwise you're just having an expensive hobby. But making sure that in this business, doing what you said that you love to do, that that joy never fades, that your peace never fades, that your mental health is never compromised, all things which I've gone through on the opposite end of the spectrum. So money is not everything. However, I do understand that money allows you access to different things in life, different opportunities in life. So if you are interested in learning about five ways that you can boost your income fast, stay tuned.
Now, you know, I have to start off with something that I'm just really loving this week, something that is just creating a high frequency in my life. And I have to tell you that for the first time in a very long time, so I'm recording this episode on a Wednesday. I'm actually recording this on launch day. Um, I'm recording this episode on a Wednesday. Yesterday was Tuesday. Yes. So yesterday I treated myself to Reiki. I treated myself to a massage. And in peak wedding season, I feel like a lot of us get caught up in just like the hustle of doing everything. We have to go, go, go. When we're finished one task, we immediately have to move on to the other. And it's very hard for our minds and our bodies to completely come down and allow us to just have like a freaking minute. And yesterday, even though I ended the day crying in front of my computer. But again, I'm going to expose all the mistakes that I've made in a a later episode. The beginning portion of the day was just a 100% vibe. I started off with Reiki so that I can get just my energy in line. Um, I can get my spirit in line. And I just love the woman that I see. Hopefully I can have her on for a later episode. Um, But I started off the day with Reiki, especially because because I was coming off of one of the busiest wedding weekends, one of the most chaotic wedding weekends um, that I've ever experienced as a business owner and that we've ever gone through as a business. So starting my week off with some Reiki and coming off of that busy wedding weekend with some Reiki, 10 out of 10 for me. Then right after Reiki, I went to go get a 60 minute massage and shout out to Anne at the Muscle Therapy Massage Center in Royersford. Yes, I do go to the suburbs a lot for services because things are just a lot cheaper. Um, But my girl, Anne, at the Muscle Therapy Massage Center, and I'll leave the link for them in the show notes. My girl, Anne, hooked me up. And she's just like this cute little girl, pretty petite, very polite, very soft-spoken. My girl, didn't hold back. She was getting in them knots. She was getting in those muscles. <sighs> I'm definitely going to go back to see Anne. So that is what I'm loving about this week is just taking some time to have a me day and not being apologetic about it. So let's get into the episode. So one of the first things that I did in 2021, when I knew that I wanted to run the business full time, is hired a business coach. Now, in the first episode, I talk a little bit about what caused me to leave my nine to five job as an assistant director in career development, working in higher education. Um, So if you did not get that full story, be sure to check out the very, very, very first pilot episode. Um, But just to sum it up, in 2020, when COVID happened, of course, we all thought that we were going home for two weeks. I thought it was going to be the like best two weeks of my life because I didn't feel like sitting at a desk all day. But turns out <laughs> that in that, I think it was like the first or second week um, that we were sent home, we got an email that we were going to be partially furloughed. I had a like whole Kim K ugly cry meltdown. And I just realized after that how disposable I was because I felt like I contributed a lot to the college. I felt like I contributed a lot to the students. And just to have someone be like, "Mm, yep, well, see you bye. Let me know if you have any questions uh, was a little bit of a shell shock for me. So after that situation in 2020, the wheels just really started turning in terms of what can I do to set myself up 
to be able to do what I love to do and make the same amount of money or better from it. Now, I knew that when I left this full-time job, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to run a business that was going to be able to sustain my lifestyle. I didn't know how to run a team. I didn't know how to scale. I didn't know like all of those businessy things that no one tells you when you're caught up in the starry eyed of the starry eyedness of just like being a business owner. So first thing that I highly recommend is hiring a business coach because That is going to be someone that's going to teach you how to grow your business because when you sit down and think, all right, I'm going to grow this business to something that is going to be my full-time income, overwhelm paralysis can set in and you're like, oh my gosh, where do I start? How do I know where to start? And a lot of times the things that you are talking about in a coaching program are things that you know how to do. But it's super beneficial to have someone who has been in your position before, who has grown to the level that you want to grow. It's super beneficial to have someone have eyeballs on your business and just have an outside perspective because our businesses are our babies, right? Like it's very, very personal to us. So a lot of times we run things on feelings. We run things on it essentially being very personal to us. So hiring a business coach just allows you to have that outside perspective that third party perspective to teach you how to grow and how to scale. So in spring of 2021, after we came back from being furloughed and after I had the whole conversation with my supervisor about, yeah, well, if I can't drop down a part time, I'm going to have no time here. So I will see you never after the end of the semester. I decided to work with a coach whose name was Brianna Michelle. At the time, she was Brianna Michelle coaching. Currently, she is known as the millionaire babe, um, but she is still helping bridal beauty professionals grow their businesses and grow their teams. And working with her really allowed me to learn how to utilize my strengths in order to build the business. Now, hiring a coach definitely is an investment. I will not hold that back from you. I will not sugarcoat that for you. When we talked about the investment, I nearly choked and I doubted after we hung up from that like clarity call, I doubted every single minute of our conversation. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do this. How the heck am I going to afford this investment? Because a lot of times your coach is not going to be in the hundreds. It's definitely going to be in the thousands. But I will say that as long as you have a coach that is reputable, as long as you have a coach who has been in your position before, that investment is 100% going to be worth it. I definitely encourage you to listen to some success stories on the coach that you're choosing because the worst thing that you can do is put all of your eggs in this coach's basket and then you're like, "Mm, well, this doesn't work. So definitely do your research ahead of time. Um, Working with Brianna was 100% beneficial for me and I can only speak on the experience that I had, but I definitely, definitely recommend working with some sort of mentor, some sort of business coach that can share light on the things that you're not currently seeing in your business. I will say when you're thinking about starting a coaching program, you want to think about whether you're going to be better suited for group coaching or one-on-one coaching. And most coaches do offer both. 
I can definitely see pros and cons to both of them. When I was working with Brianna, I opted for group coaching because it was super nice to just get different perspectives from people that live in different areas across the U.S. And it's just nice for someone that you're not connected to, to be sharing their experience. It's nice to hear someone else that's going through some of the same things that you're going through, someone else who may be a little bit further along from you, someone else that may not be as far in the business as you as well. It's just so nice to hear what other people are doing because then you really get ideas for your own business. I will say that working in a group coaching program and I will be 100% transparent with you, working in a group coaching program was great for me up until a point um, because once you start to see things working for other people in other areas, if you're not seeing that same success that other people are seeing, if you're not seeing the growth as quickly as other people in the group are seeing, it can have an adverse effect on you. And that is what happened to me, which is why I stopped the program just being 100% candid. Now, That has nothing to do with the coach. That has nothing to do with anyone that was in the coaching program. That was 100% a me problem. I want to be very clear. That was 100%. I'll say it again. 100% a me problem. So I had to take some time and just do some internal work within myself to figure out who the F I am and mission accomplished baby because that's why I'm here (laughs) sharing helpful information to help you grow your business as well. So depending on what you're looking for, group coaching may or may not be great for you. One-on-one coaching is also another option. The coach that I'm currently working with now, her name is Becca. She is helping me with the financial side of business. So with the really businessy side of business, which has been phenomenal. Now with her, I knew that I was better suited for one-on-one, especially given the program that I was coming from. But I knew that talking about something so sensitive and so vulnerable as money talking about something like that, I didn't know that I was 100% comfortable doing that in a group setting. So one-on-one may be better suited for you if you A, want just like some more individualized attention in your business and you don't want the outside noise of others or the ideas of others, or B, one-on-one coaching could be super helpful if you are just like, hey, this is some really sensitive stuff that I wanna share with this person, so I don't know that I can do that in a group setting. Both programs have their pros, both programs have their cons, but the moral of the story is hiring a coach is going to be game changing. Second thing that you can do to boost your income very fast is to show your face on Instagram. I see so many hair and makeup artists just posting pictures of themselves and doing hair and makeup on themselves and sprinkling client content within the pictures of themselves. But here's the problem with that. Yes, it is fantastic that you can do beautiful hair and makeup on yourself. However, if I, as an inquiring bride, am looking for a hair and makeup artist or looking for a hair and makeup team for my wedding day, I want to be able to see myself in whatever you're posting. Now, if I'm going to a professional's page, 
obviously you're going to be fantastic at doing your own hair and doing your own makeup. But me as a lay person, I may not be 100% confident in my abilities of doing hair and makeup, which is obviously why I'm hiring a professional team. So I want to see myself in the girls that have no freaking idea how to do their hair, have no freaking idea how to do their makeup, because that's going to allow me to feel like I can relate to what you have to offer a little bit more. So I hate to say it, hair and makeup artist, but nobody cares how great you can do your hair and makeup. Yes, trust me, I'm in the background like, okay, sis, let's go pop off then. But as the inquiring client, they want to see the average lay person. And let's be real, after COVID, the average person is not doing their hair and makeup on a regular basis. So your client wants to be able to see someone who doesn't do their hair and makeup on a regular basis get transformed under your business. Showing your face on Instagram is also going to allow clients to get a sense for who you are and your vibe and what you have to offer from a personality perspective and from an energetic perspective. Showing your face just gives that little bit of personal touch so that people can connect with you because yes, there are hundreds of thousands of makeup artists and hairstylists that are gonna be in whatever region you live in, particularly in Philadelphia, there's a ton, but If you're not showing who you are, how does that client know that that's energy that they want on their wedding day? Because hair and makeup, of course, is one of the first vendors that a client sees on wedding day. So if I'm an inquiring bride, I want to know that whatever energy you're bringing to the table is energy that I want first thing in the morning on the day of my wedding. And I'll say that when brides come in for their trials at the MU8 studio, the first thing that so many of them say is, oh my gosh, I feel like I already know you. And I love that because it's already creating that relaxed and open environment and it allows us and the client to just have a good time in each other's company because put yourself in their position. You are going to someone who specializes in a craft that you have no freaking idea about. You are up close in their face, in all of their insecurities, in all of what they perceive to be imperfections, and you're going in, you're having eyeballs on those imperfections, you're correcting those imperfections, you're talking about those imperfections. Hair and makeup is a really vulnerable space to be in, so why not do that with someone that you're already 100% comfortable with? So having that rapport, having that comfortability from having my face on the Instagram Instagram page just allows clients to be a little bit more at ease. And when the client is at ease, that allows that trial experience and that hair and makeup experience to run 10 times smoother. And since we are already on the topic of social media, and yes, I refer to Instagram for the most part. I'm not a TikTok girly. I'm not there yet. It is a little bit too Gen Z for what I'm comfortable with. I'm 34 years old. I just for some reason cannot get into TikTok. Like I don't ever even open up the app until somebody sends me a video saying like, hey, check out this TikTok. So these things can apply to TikTok as well, but I'm not going to sit here and try to act like I'm the TikTok social media expert. I am just speaking on behalf of Instagram. But while we are on the topic of Instagram, 
The third thing that I want you to consider when you're thinking about growing your income is educating your clients. Your client wants to feel like they're hiring an industry expert for their wedding day. They want to feel like I am hiring the person that knows it all, knows everything, knows how to work with everyone, knows how to handle everyone's hair, knows how to handle everybody's skin, everyone's skin concerns. They want to feel like they are hiring the subject matter expert in hair and makeup. So while yes, an easy caption on your Instagram post, of course, is like, look at beautiful Jessica, or Megan look like a dream, or meet Amber and all of her luscious hair. Like, yes, they absolutely look great. Megan does look like a dream. Jessica is beautiful. Amber is stunning. But that's not establishing yourself as an industry expert. And we're wasting so much attention span of the client when we could be educating them. Okay, so if Jessica looks phenomenal and her hair is great, tell me some of the instructions that you gave her in order for her hair to get that way. If Amber's skin looks like baby seal skin, looks like porcelain doll skin, okay, tell me how you and Amber work together to get her skin to that point. So always using captions of the client's name and not educating your client doesn't establish you as an industry expert. It only proves that you're good at hair and makeup, which is 100% important. Don't get me wrong. I love that you're talented. I want you to be talented. You obviously have to be talented in order to thrive in this industry, but talent is only going to take you but so far. And by not educating our clients, we're doing everyone in the situation a disservice. We're doing ourselves a disservice and we're doing the client a disservice because most clients that come to us don't get their hair and makeup done regularly or don't even do it themselves at home, which is okay. But most clients don't get their hair and makeup done professionally, nor do they have any kind of daily advanced skincare routine or like, hair prep routine for the most part. So the more that you can be utilizing your client's attention span as they're scrolling to educate them on how to get that flawless skin, educate them on how to show up with phenomenal hair so that their style looks great, the more we can start to build trust with our clients and the more we can show up as industry experts. Because your client And this is something that I learned in coaching. Your client wants to know, like, and trust you. Now, by showing your face on Instagram, potentially on Instagram stories or potentially through real and educating your client and showing a little bit more of your personality, that's going to take care of the know and like factor. But by educating them on how they need to show up for you and how they need to come with their skin prepared, how their hair needs to be prepared, tips to get great skin, tips to get great hair, that's going to build that trust factor between you and your client. And when a client knows you, when they like you, and when they trust you, they're more likely to book with you. And also, I wanna take it a step further because yes, it's fantastic when a client books, but you also wanna have a great experience with that client. So the more you can continue, even after that relationship is already established, the more you can continue on a consistent basis to build that know, like, and trust factor, the better experience you're gonna have in your life cycle working with that client from the time that they inquire to the time that it's time for their wedding day.
fourth thing that is going to boost your income is automating your business. And I know that the word automation, it doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sound like, oh my gosh, yes, let's rake in the dough. But I promise you, if your business is not automated, you are leaving so much money on the table. You're probably leaving a lot of inquiries unanswered. You're probably forgetting about a lot of them. And you are spending more time in your business than you actually need to. Anytime we can collapse time and do what we love to do, which is servicing, I'm going to be all about that. Now, let me just say, (laughs) before I got an official CRM, I used Absato. I love it. I feel like it is the prettiest one. Um, I know HoneyBook is great. I know 17 Hats is great as well, but I just prefer Dubsado. Dubsado be glitching a little bit. We're going to work on that. But for the most part, Dubsado has been just a phenomenal experience. But let me tell you what life was like pre-Dubsado. So pre-Dubsado, this is like embarrassing. Brides, (laughs) but we all have to grow, right? We all have to learn. We all have to grow. And that is okay. That is why I'm here to walk so y'all can run. (laughs) But before I got to Bizzotto, brides would inquire through the website. At least I did have that. And that website inquiry form would just go right to my email. So the data didn't really live anywhere. The date that they inquired didn't really live anywhere. Like there was no way to organize that information. And it was cool and it was cute and it was free. Don't get me wrong. It was free to do that at the time. Um, it was cute. It was cool. It was free, but it was very unorganized. Now, it worked out really well when I was first starting out and I was just getting like maybe one or two, maybe on a good month, like three inquiries in a month. But after I left my full-time job and the volume really picked up, it just became chaotic. No lie. And I, I wonder if I still have that notebook. I'm, if I do, I'm going to post it on Instagram. But no lie, after a while, after I just felt like, oh my gosh, like this is just too much to handle, <laughs> I had a notebook. <laughs> so I went from having all of the inquiries online in my email to like writing them down in a notebook because what was happening is that I would think that I would answer all of the inquiries and then I would like scroll back through my email and realize that maybe three to five were missed. Then yes, I would go back and answer those three to five, but then the other, you know, five to 10 that I got that I answered, I wasn't following up on them. I couldn't remember when I followed up on them. I couldn't remember if I followed up on them. I was hand typing all of my responses. All of them were different. I'm just like, at this time, throwing mud on the wall to see what sticks. I'm like, maybe if I say this, they'll book. All right, let me try something new. Maybe if I say that, they'll book. It was just a hot freaking mess. And I already have enough anxiety buzzing. I don't need any more chaos and any more confusion and any more mess to add to that. So I <laughs> I thought I was doing something with my little notebook and I would have the inquiries in the notebook and the wedding date in one column. This is so embarrassing. Their wedding date in one column, when I answered in one column, and then I would have when I followed up in another column. Okay, that was cool too. Now we're taking it a step further, but 
three pages to five pages to 10 pages later in the notebook. Now I forget where I was holding all of that information. So then we were back at square one again, not answering all of the inquiries, not following up with everyone, completely just leaving money on the table. And again, that way y'all don't come for me. Money is not everything, but let's be real. We didn't get into this to just have an expensive hobby. So yes, I'm going to be very candid and say that I was leaving money on the table. So fast forward to December of 2022, or was it 2021? Actually, it was December of 2021 because I got Dubsado up and running for the new year of 2022. So fast forward to that time period, I get Dubsado game freaking changer. Now I have more time to be able to dedicate to showing up on Instagram. I have more time to dedicate to training, to learning, and I'm not spending and capitalizing so much of my time going through my email, trying to figure out how to organize things, trying to figure out who I answered and who I didn't. Having Dubsado have everything organized, 10 out of 10 recommend. And again, yes, HoneyBook is a great option. 17 Hats is a great option. Whatever CRM you decide to use, get a freaking CRM. And I'm going to say get a CRM sooner rather than later. I do wish that I had a CRM even when I wasn't pulling in the volume that we were pulling in at the time and even now, because it would allow me to work out some of the kinks. It would allow me to get to know the system a little bit more without feeling that pressure of like, all right, it's go time. We don't have time to learn this. We have to go, go, go. So having the business automated allows you to set up a workflow exactly how you want that life cycle to look between the time that the client inquires to the time that you walk out of the door on wedding day. And in the show notes, I will include a link to Dubsado. This is not a paid advertisement, not with little me, but Dubsado, if years from now you hear this episode, I just want to let you know that your girl was riding for you 100%. So if you want to throw her a free year or two or five, I am more than happy to accept that. But anyway, I love that having my business automated can answer the inquiry without me having to hand type it all the time. It can capture information about how many people are getting serviced. It can send proposals. It can send agreements. It can send hair and makeup prep guides automatically without me having to physically go in and do that by hand. And that saves so much freaking time. Yes, we have a fantastic admin assistant cat who goes through and makes sure that things are still personalized so that it's not so automated that it's cold. But having that automation even allows her to do her job better. So automation, automation, automation. Do not wait. I want you to run and not walk to automate your business. Again, whether you use Dubsado, HoneyBook, 17 Hats, or any other platform that is out there, automate your business sooner rather than later. That way you're not caught up in all of this explosive growth and you're like, oh my gosh, this is just gonna be too much work for me to learn. I don't have the time to learn it. I don't have the time to do it. And then the fifth thing that is going to allow you to grow your business and boost your income relatively quickly is building a team. Now, anybody that knows me in the industry knows that I have lots 
of piping hot takes when it comes to building a team. But I will share those at a later date. Let me just be very clear about what I mean when I reference building a team in order to grow your income in the business. I'm referring, and I want to be very clear, I am referring to a true team. I'm referring to team members that receive a 1099, team members that work predominantly for your business. And I know that a lot of people do not believe in that, but I do. And I'm going to put a pin on that. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to put a pin on that. We're going to come back to it. But I mean a true team. What we see a lot of is that artists will call their friends or randoms that they've brought on to a wedding, they will call that their team. Okay, however, are they 1099? Do they get commission? Are they paying taxes on that? Because if those answers are no, no, and no, that is not a team. I mean an actual team. (laughs) I can't be more clear on the fact that I mean an actual team. And building that solid team that works predominantly with you, and whether that is one artist, whether that is two, whether that's 10, 15, what, on whatever scale, having a team that works predominantly with your business as long as you can provide the volume for them. Because if you can't provide the volume for them, then we can just scrap this whole conversation. But with these things that I'm talking about, your volume will increase. So you will have to get to the point where you are hiring a team that works predominantly with your company. Now I'm going to say predominantly and not exclusively because I know some of y'all like to get your panties bunched up your butt when I say exclusivity. However, let me explain this. We're going to take the example of Sally, Mary, and Beth. And Sally, Mary, and Beth work for five different bridal companies. And as an inquiring bride, I'm online and I see Sally, Mary, and Beth represented at all five companies. So if I can get Sally, Mary, and Beth at company A, B, C, D, or E, if I can get that same talent in five different teams, my only considering factor is going to be who is the cheapest because it's going to be the same quality of work because Sally, Mary, and Beth all work for five different companies. So why not go with the cheapest option if I know that's the quality of work that I'm going to be getting? Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. So why I stress having a team that works predominantly for you is that you want at your you want your business to be able to have something very exclusive to offer the client. If I can go get Sally, Mary, and Beth at whoever the cheapest one is, what do you do to stand apart from your competition? And then furthermore, I preach a team that works predominantly with you as long as you can provide the volume. I preach that because we all have the same busy season, right? We are all busy from the end of April to the end of June and then September through November. So as the business owner, the headache and trust me, baby, this is something that I go through probably on a monthly basis. It is going to be hell on earth 
for you to be trying to play schedule monopoly because all five of those companies that Sally, Mary, and Beth work for all have the same busy season. It is not fun. And don't forget in the beginning, I said that this business is not 100% about money. It is about enjoying doing what you love and having good peace and good mental health while you're doing that. This this bullish right here, trying to play schedule monopoly, trying to make sure that, you know, this person is available for you, but then, you know, they have an opportunity with the other team that will take your peace quicker than anything else in this business. I promise you. And if we're getting to the point where we are no longer enjoying what we're doing, that is a problem. And that's when we need to take a step back and reevaluate some things. And I don't want you to get to that point. Trust me, it has happened to me. Again, you'll hear it in a future episode when I talk about all of the dumb ish that I did that could put me further along. So hear me out when I say your team, you want them to prioritize your business. Whether you decide to have them exclusive to you or not, that is going to be something that you are going to have to hash out within yourself. I will actually have another partner episode with a good friend in the industry talking a little bit more about exclusivity and the perks of it and whatnot. But for the purposes of today's episode, I highly, highly, highly encourage you to have a team that prioritizes your business. And again, I just want to be clear that having that exclusive team is 100% going to depend on the volume that you're bringing in because if you can't provide your team with a volume with a level of volume that makes sense for them to work 100% for you then again this conversation is null and void but I challenge you to think is it going to be worth it to have a team member that's only available once twice maybe three times a year so let's try to avoid team with with air quotes around the word team let's I, I I want us to get to a point where we are no longer defining team as looking for brand new second artists to join you each week and you're only bringing on a second artist because you don't have the capacity to do it yourself I want to get away from that and let me tell you why from the client's perspective not from my own ego your client can feel synergy and feel familiarity. Now, yes, it happens to us on several occasions where we in MUA need an artist to step in because life happens, right? We can't control that. People get sick and can't come to work. Um, People have other issues and can't come to work. F it. People can quit and don't come to work. And then you're going, you're stuck at the last minute trying to fill that spot. Yes, those things happen. But what is very common in our industry is that we're always posting, hey, looking for a second artist. And that second artist can be any Tom, Dick and Harry that owns a curling iron or that owns a set of makeup brushes. But let me just be clear that your client can feel that synergy. They can feel that familiarity between you and whoever else is in the room that you claim to be under your business. So having a solid team of consistent people, you get to know each other a little bit more. You get to learn how to work together a little bit more. You get to learn how to talk to each 
other in a way that just feels casual, that just feels fun. It allows everybody in the room to have a good time because they can see that you're so comfortable around the people that you're working with. So clients can feel that. And when the clients can feel that you have good working chemistry with whoever you're with, that puts them at ease and that makes them more comfortable. And specifically within our team, when we're on a wedding, I always preach, if you see something good, say something good. So we hype each other up. We say, oh my gosh, that looks so good. Oh yes, those lashes were made for you. Come on face framing pieces. Come on glam waves. Come on body. Come on shine. Like we hype each other up because we have that comfortability working with each other. When two artists that have no idea who they are, they just met online, what, 24, 48 hours ago, when you walk into a room, you can instantly feel that you don't know how that other person moves, how that other person works. And you want your clients to feel good in your presence. You want your clients to feel comfortable in your presence. And then the last point that I'll make, and I will leave the team thing alone until a later episode, when your inquiring client looks at your portfolio and looks at your Instagram, let's say you have work from Susie, Amy, and Emily, but on my wedding day, I see Sally, Mary, and Beth. Well, Susie, Amy, and Emily, well, of course, because they're not the same person or the same mind or the same body, they're gonna produce different work than Sally, Mary, and Beth. But I'm gonna be a little bit confused as a client when I see just this constant turnover of different artists' work constantly represented in your portfolio because then I don't know what to really expect on my wedding day. So just something to keep in mind. Again, I will table the team discussion for a later episode, but those are just my thoughts on what I've been thinking about that. So before I hop into the bonus tip that I have for you in terms of ways to boost your business and boost your income, I just want to recap the five things that we talked about so far. So first one is hiring a business coach, getting someone that has an outside perspective that has been where you have been and has grown and scaled and can teach you to do the same is going to be a game changer. Second is going to be showing your face on Instagram. That way clients can get a sense of your vibe. They can build that no like and trust factor. Third thing is going to be educating your clients, utilizing social media, utilizing captions, utilizing reels and story time in order to educate your clients so that you show up as the industry expert. Fourth thing is going to be to automate your business. Again, I use Dubsado, highly recommend it. There are other great options, but you want something that's gonna allow you to communicate with the client in writing so that you're not spending and capitalizing so much time doing it by hand and you can spend more time dedicating it to building that no like and trust factor with your clients via Instagram or whatever social media platform you prefer. And then the last thing is going to be building a team that prioritizes working with you. So the last bonus tip that I'm going to throw in the hat and I need you to hear me out because it is not something that is going to boost your business income right away, but it is something that is going to have dividends on your business income further down the road. Now, this is going to be relatively geared more towards someone who is just starting out running their business. If you are already 100% established in your business, it may not be as beneficial for you, or it may. I'll let you decide that. But 
my last tip for you is going to be to spend some time working for another hair and makeup team. Again, totally understand that if right away your knee-jerk reaction is like, wait, but how does that boost my income as the business? Allow me to explain. Now, when I say working for another hair and makeup team, I am not talking about working with your friends. I am not talking about picking up random jobs in a Facebook group. I mean, consistently working with a team that has rules, that has contracts, that has standards, emphasis on standards. What this is going to do is it's going to allow you to weed out things that you do love about that business that you want to incorporate in yours and things that you don't love that you want to stay away from in yours. From personal experience, I freelanced for just about all of Philadelphia and I would not take it back for a second. Yes, the time did come where it was just too much to be able to freelance plus run the business. It's a conflict of interest and it just gets real messy. But that time that I spent freelancing for other companies is time that I will never, ever, ever regret. We're in a time where ego is king and nobody wants to be caught dead working for somebody else. But let me tell you something, the ease of showing up with your kit with no personal ties, no professional ties. Now, it doesn't mean that you show up and you don't give a F, but showing up and just not having that time invested on the back end, not having any kind of true strings attached other than your ethic and professional responsibility to show up and do your job is freaking life. I miss the days when all I had to worry about was, oh my gosh, did I remember to pack enough spoolies to do this person's makeup? Did I remember black bobby pins instead of the brown bobby pins to do this person's hair? Those were the freaking days because when you are not so tied to that job and so emotionally personally and professionally tied to that client, it allows you to observe things with a clearer head. So you can see, mm, okay, what does the back end of this business look like? What is their process of booking artists for a wedding? Take freaking notes. What is their process when they show up on wedding day? What does that look like? What does the communication on the business side look like beforehand? And yes, the communication side, you may not see 100% of, but usually you can get a good idea for what the process flow looks like from business to business. So working for someone else, literally, literally life-changing for my business because if I hopped right from higher education into running a hair and makeup business, I can promise you I would not be at this point. So learning some of the things that I knew that I wanted to incorporate. For example, there was a company that I used to work for that itemized each client slot and how much time you had with each client. I absolutely love that. Yes, we do things a little bit differently in the business now. And I see that after trial and error after some years. But starting out, I loved that because it just enhanced the structure. It allows the artist to know how much time they need to dedicate per person. It allows them to keep timing on themselves. It allows them to stay on task. I absolutely loved that. 
Another company that I used to freelance for, they would have all of the artists start and end at the same time. Again, I love that because even if we were in a situation where we didn't work with that artist before, we had the chance to meet outside, get to know each other a little bit, build that rapport, break that ice really quick, and then head in together so that the clients had a good experience. On the flip side, another company that I worked for, we would share our Google Calendar with the owner. And whenever the owner saw that there was nothing in that day, they were able to just plug appointments and weddings and whatnot in that free space. Didn't love that too much because if I'm planning a vacation or if I'm planning something to do, or if I'm even thinking about something to do, if I don't put that in my calendar immediately, I know that that person would be able to book me whenever they wanted. And I get it because it takes the, hey, are you available? And then waiting for a response out of things. I absolutely get it. But on the artist side, I get how that could be frustrating. So I knew that that's something that I did not want to incorporate in my business. And then timing, right? We learned working for other companies allows you to get a feel for what timing looks like because how else would you know without being in the artist position before? So if you're just starting out, I'm gonna encourage you. And even if you're, I'm gonna say mid-tier, I'm gonna encourage you to put your ego to the side for a little bit because your ego is exactly what's getting in your way. Your ego is exactly what's keeping you broke. I know that that might hurt your feelings a little bit, but we have to get rid of this notion that working for someone else is so bad and so embarrassing. I see it on Instagram all the time where artists will post their work and then they tag the company in size one font. Why are you not proud to be working for someone someone else child listen let somebody offer me matter of fact sometimes I'll do it for a number one on the Chick-fil-a menu let somebody offer me Patrice you have no ties no personal emotional professional ties to this wedding I just need you to show up with your kit put some makeup on throw some curls in the hair throw some bobby pins in the hair and then get out of the way on the way home you don't have to worry about oh my gosh what is that review going to look like for the business on the way home you don't have to worry about oh my goodness is everything holding up because as the freelancer, you have no ties to that part of the business. You have no ties to that part of the client experience. All you literally have to do is show up with your kit, do your job and get gone. And that is a level of peace and a level of ease that I can barely even put into words. So don't be embarrassed to be working for another team. In 2023, yeah, it looks cute and cool to be a business owner, but trust me when I reveal (laughs) in a later episode what the other side of this industry looks like, it may make you reconsider and that is okay. So I hope that these tips were super helpful for you. I hope that you implement them. If you do, please, please, please stay in touch on Instagram at Pick a Seat Podcast because I'd love to know the things that you're implementing. I'd love to answer any more questions in detail for you. And I'd love to just exchange dialogue on your takeaways from this episode. So stay beautiful, y'all. And don't forget to pick a seat and not a side. Thank you.
you so much, brides and bridal biz besties, for tuning into another fire episode of Pick a Seat Not Aside, where we empower brides and bridal beauty pros on their journey to the big day. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Pick a Seat Podcast for all of the latest updates. And for all the brides searching for their dream hair and makeup team, be sure to follow MU8 at MU8 Bridal Beauty on Instagram, and you can inquire for your big day at www.mu8bridalbeauty.com. We would absolutely love your podcast support, so please be sure to subscribe and leave us a sparkling review if you're loving what you're hearing, because your feedback allows us to continue to sprinkle our magic. But until next time, stay beautiful, my friends, and don't forget to pick a seat and not a side. Amigos,